Uh, let me turn the AC way the fuck down. <clears throat> Hot day. Just finished work. Falls landing back. Uh, oh, did you hear the news? You're caught in a trap. The Elvis movie came out. You can't walk out. Cause the government's forcing you to have that baby. Why can't you see the fetus is a baby? Ooh. This is listen, the abortion thing, you know, it's it's a lot. It's intense. It doesn't feel right to me. Uh, I mean, I've always been a bit ambivalent about abortion. Um you know, I am a guy. I guess I always just identify more with the aborted fetus than the woman since I don't, you know, ever have to experience child pangs or anything of that nature. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's a morally neutral act, abortion. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's murder. And I, I, I think that taking the decision away from women doesn't feel right. Um, you know, but I don't want to go into it. Uh, I mean, but really though, it's like if all women were like against abortion, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense because abortion is kind of fucked up. We should all be focusing on trying to make a world where, uh, you know, people feel like they have a a world where people don't feel like there's no recourse other than to get an abortion. Um, You know, and I think if we're not going to focus on trying to make that world, then taking the decision away from women, it seems kind of fucked up. And, And if they were all like if all women hated abortion, like if abortion was something that offended women, I wouldn't think, man, that's fucked up. I would probably think, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it's like, they all feel the opposite way. They all are pissed that they can't do it. So, but, but what's funny is that the shit got overturned. I like June 24th, I think I forget the exact day, but whatever day it was, it was the same day that the Elvis movie premiered. Yes, which is fun. First of all, I don't know who is looking at the world thinking, you know what we need? A fucking Elvis movie. Just a fucking and a just let's make it good. It was good. Um, it's like, what are you gonna do next? The fucking Michael Jackson movie? Now, Michael Jackson is controversial. I mean, that would be like a harsh, gritty crime thriller, uh, pun intended. Um, but. You know, the Elvis movie's controversial for other reasons, obviously. But what's funny to me is that the Elvis movie premiered the same day as Abortion Being Illegal premiered. And, um, you know, I'm getting ready to go see the Elvis movie. Now, I'm related to Elvis. Uh, it doesn't matter. Again, people don't believe me. I have paperwork that proves it. I carry around a little attache case inside his paperwork that proves beyond a doubt that I'm related to Elvis. But you should have been able to tell just by interacting with me. Um... I'm just kidding. I mean, I am related to Elvis, but I don't, I don't give a fuck about it. I'm a little ambivalent towards Elvis as well. It's strange with Elvis, though. Elvis and Michael Jackson really were like the, the music that was really... Pl- when I was very, very, very young, some of my earliest just deep, deep memories is of being in my grandparents' living room and hearing Elvis and Michael Jackson playing. So, you know... Uh, you do develop a certain attachment towards figures. And then, of course, they they end up getting uh, vigorously attacked, uh, vehemently villainized, scorned. Um, 
everything you end up liking, you know, becomes. They're like, oh, did you really like it? Because he fucking was doing this. All my favorite comedians, all the music. It's just like, fuck. But, uh, yeah, just straight. Like, I, I, there's a strong, just the imagery of Elvis. The, the, the white leather and the, the karate and, the, and even in the younger Elvis, you know, with the jailhouse rock. And the, it's like, it's imagery that's, deep, that's associated with deep, deep memories in my childhood. Um, so, like, it, 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 it does have a certain emotional impact on me. And it's weird because I was house-sitting at my grandparents' house the week leading up to Elvis. But I'll get into that. Anyway, I'm I'm getting ready to see Elvis, and my girlfriend calls me, you know, and uh, my girlfriend, I, she doesn't like abortion, but I, I don't think she, um, I think she probably, like, isn't crazy about the shit getting, uh, you know, outlawed. Uh, I just think really women, that just rubs them the wrong way. Um, but, uh... She called me and told me about it. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I'm going to see Elvis. I'll t- we'll talk about it later. And, uh, but what's funny about the fact that it came out the same day as Elvis is that you know somewhere there's a guy who fucking hates abortion and loves Elvis. You know that guy exists. Probably a lot of people, but let's just single it down to one guy. Just that, just a guy who fucking hates abortion. And loves Elvis. And he's going to see the Elvis movie. He checks his phone. He figures out they overturned Roe v. Wade. And he's like, oh my goodness, dude. You'll have a bunch of babies. Because it's illegal to abort them. You'll have a bunch of babies. You have to. You know? Just for since abortion's illegal. This is the people. This is the doctors who give abortions. This is the song. This since abortion's illegal, I find a new place to dwell. It's down at the end of lonely street at Heartbreak Hotel, where there'll be there'll be no abortions, baby. There'll be no abortions. Be no more babies. Gotta die. You know there's you know there's people who were just June 24th just the fucking best day ever, dude. You caught in a trap. You know. I don't think it's it's just like well the well it seems like the cutoff point should be the clearest cutoff point, the most distinct one is when the baby goes from I guess the baby's always relying on its mother, but at, at a certain stage of the development, the fetus is totally dependent on the mother's body for life. So it's like at that point you could say it's not a life of its own, it's more of an extension of the mother's body. But then at a certain point, um you know, it once once the baby's out, the umbilical cord's cut, or I don't know when the cutoff would be, but it's like the baby, if if you took the baby, it would be able to survive, you know, without the mother's body, presumably under some conditions. Um, but we don't got to get into that. It's, this, it's about, the story is that it came out the same day as Elvis. And, you know, there's like an old-fashioned conservative, they don't fuck with abortion. I'm dreaming of a white privilege just like the one I used to know 
Where bitches listen And your neighbor's pigment Is always similar to your own You know what I'm talking about? Um, sad, it's more sad um, But I hope, uh, you know, in general I am wishing the best for people I don't, I just don't get mad about shit like that anymore one way or the other um whenever someone dies i it, i get upset about that uh or something really fucked up happens and i guess to a lot of people this is really fucked up but i'm getting pretty amoral over here i don't know if you've noticed um and you know perhaps you've perhaps you're already familiar with my general disdain of cuckery and all its various manifestations but despite that, I do feel like this is, it just feels fucked up to take the decision away from women. It feels like like we should follow their lead on this one and maybe try and make a world where so many of them don't like feel like that's something they need to do. And you know, abort- so abortions can be dangerous and some women regret them and who knows, man. You know what? I'm not convinced it's not a huge conspiracy by the wire hanger companies. I'm not even convinced of that. All these corrupt corporate... You know, you know, people have been using a lot of those cloth hangers lately. Maybe the wire hanger companies developed a huge conspiracy to, to up their fucking sales. The only way we can compete with cloth hangers and plastic hangers is if they overturn Roe v. Wade. Call up some senators. Um, yeah. But I'm sure it'll be something that people will argue about intensely, and it's one. Of, it's like it's like we we find ways to get to an argument where both sides like are wrong, and there's just like we keep we we are so good at reaching these impasses, you know. And it's like, well, it seems like abortion's fucked up, yes, but then letting the government tell women what they can and can't do with their bodies that also seems fucked up. And it's like we just we just gravitate towards these lock points. Um, and then we just dwell on them. And that'll happen with this as well. Um, but, um, yeah, it came out the same day as the Elvis movie. It's fucking hilarious. Um, and I am related to Elvis. Two things to remember from, from, from what I just said. It came out the same day as the Elvis movie, so even though it's sad and fucked up and scary that's also hilarious and I am related to Elvis and that does mean something um but I wanted to I was fucking at work and uh by the way I'm 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 fucking miserable quitting cafe I mean it's just fucking it just sucks I'm I'm low shit's got me low the whole first week I just I was just house-sitting, waiting to go see the Elvis movie. Just not able to drink caffeine. Just fucking... Oh, just... Oh, dude. So fucking miserable. Not as bad as when I quit cigarettes, but... Um... You know, pretty fucking bad. I've been running on that shit for like a year. Um... But I was at work the other day. And... I'm pulling around... 
we, we we're coming down the street we pull <clears throat> we pull around this corner we kind of roll through this stop sign and then we're parked out in front of the house getting ready to work on it and um this guy pulls up behind us and and now i'm in the passenger seat and now i'm the little assistant of the guy who mows i'm his second i'm like i'm like I, if if he was golfing i'd be his caddy uh i'm like carrying his bag you know i'm fucking i'm weed whacking he's mowing I'm like his little assistant and you know he's big and I'm small and it's like a whole thing um so I'm not shit I'm sitting in the passenger seat (laughs) and this guy and we're in a pretty nice neighborhood um and this guy pulls up and he's you know uh middle class he's got kind of balding you know bit of like beard stubble kind of a polo on um he is he doesn't look overtly um athletic or anything but he's not just he doesn't look real weak either he's just got he carries the basic threat of manhood i'll say that and he pulls up next to the driver's seat and he goes hey buddy and i'm like oh god oh no now now keep in mind the guy who mows that i'm in the truck with he carries a pistol with him at all times He's all, you look over at this dude at any point in the day, you just see an ass crack and a pistol looking right back at you. He's fucking always got his pistol, and I'm pretty sure he's got one in his ankle too. My, maybe not every day. Um, but he's armed. And uh, so this guy pulls up to the fucking window, and he's like, hey, buddy. And the guy I'm in the truck with goes, yeah. He kind of rolls the window down the rest of the way. And he goes, he goes, hey, uh, when you're driving through here in this neighborhood, could you stop at that stop sign? And the guy I'm with is like, wait, what, what? And he goes, well, just whenever you're driving through here, could you go ahead and do me a huge favor and stop at that stop sign? And the, the passive aggression is off the charts, dude. I mean, it's so intense. And now this is what it looks like from my perspective. Imagine my my visual field is a screen. I'm sitting in the passenger seat, my my dude's in the driver's seat, and then the guy yelling at us is in his fucking uh, driver window. And my my visual field is a screen. At the bottom of the screen, I see this dude's pistol poking out of his gut in his waistline. Just put just a pistol poking out of his gut in his waistline. Now going up a little bit, uh, I see <coughs> his shoulder going up a little bit. I see his head and his face looks distressed and comprehending, like he's trying to figure out how to react to this. And then I look over up a little bit and to the right a little bit, and in the window I just see this screwed up middle class passive aggressive white guy face, balding, scrunched up. Hey, buddy. Hey, just just doesn't ever get to fuck his wife. Hey, buddy, he's he's got a, like an SUV. He looks like he's got bikes on the back of it. He's probably got a duffel bag in the back. He's on his way to shoot up the Dollar General. I already know it, you know. And he just is like, hey, just scrunched. Hey, buddy, when you're driving through here, could you uh stop at that stop sign? And you know he rolled through it, and and I think my partner is a little sensitive to criticism. Everyone's got stories that go way back. Some people, you know, I'm somebody. Sometimes I'm real sensitive to criticism. Sometimes I can just be insulted and be like, I don't respect you anyway. So, you know, 
nothing you're saying really means anything to me. Um, but so that's my visual screen. That's my field. I, the pistol, the face of pain over to the right, the aggressive face in the window. And I'm just locked in this moment. Pistol, face of pain, face of aggression. Just, and then I'm just sitting there paused and I'm just like, you know, this is a tense country. This is a, this is a high strung tension country. I mean, is, is the, is the guy yelling armed? Is, is my partner going to finally snap? Is, and is he gonna, you know, it's like, and that's why I'm off the caffeine, dude. Because I'm already fucking Franz Kafka half the time. Just fucking, I got to go to like, a, you know, a play, a gathering where there's multiple people. And I'm like, oh, who, who am I going to be? Like, I'm already, it's like a strange combination of introverted and extroverted. So like, by the time you add in a bunch of fucking coffee, I'm sitting there sweating bullets while the, at the fucking, at the showdown with these two dudes. And, uh, you know, my partner ended up being like, well, all right. Yeah, sorry about that. And, uh, you know, the fucking asshole just drove off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, people just assume a comfort level with strangers that is, it is a bit privilegy to me. Like I would never roll up on a car and start yelling at somebody unless they were doing something crazy, like lighting a house on fire or something just that just made me outraged. But just somebody who kind of, you know, rolled through a stop sign. They probably, I, I can't imagine the entitlement to just pull up and, you know, talk to somebody like that. It's like, how do you know we're not fucking serial killers? How do you know you're not just going to pull up and be like, hey, buddy, could you do me a favor and stop at that stop sign when you drive through here? And how do you know we're not? Oh, we're just a couple serial killers. We go around and kill people exactly like you who say, buddy, that's that's the victims we have like grown to 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 favor. We, we got a specific MO, criminal minds. We're, the, we're two unsubs. And we fit the profile of, of we're serial killers who kill people who, who talk exactly how you talk and say exactly what you just said. Come here. Come here, we're gonna get you. Like, I would never just, in general, like, assert myself on a stranger like that unless I was in some kind of danger or some someone was in danger. Um... But, you know, people are on 10 out here in America, dude. Um, dude, I got this fucking blanket that the whole time I was on caffeine, I'm like, this is a fucking gray blanket with black stripes. That's the, that's always how I've seen it. And I quit caffeine and I was away from my house for a week house sitting leading up to this Elvis movie. And, uh, you know, it just... I come back and I sit down with the blanket and I look down and the stripes are gray. Now, here's my thing. The, uh, the other week, I'm at a customer's house. We're parked outside in the truck. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of lollygagging, parked there, waiting for um, shit to come, waiting for it to, like, to get out and mow it, just like killing time. And as we're sitting there, a fucking mail truck rolls around and drops some mail in the customer's mailbox that's at the end of their driveway. Drives off. Now... Just as the mail, just as the mail truck is turning out of view, the customer's car turns onto the road 
and starts driving towards his house and stops at the mailbox and pulls the mail out and then drives up the driveway. Just as the mail truck was pulling out of view, the customer's car drives up, takes the mail, drives up the driveway. And here's the thing. You think I don't know that I'm in a fucking simulation? That's all I'm saying. It's not going to change anything. I'm still going to live my life how I'm doing it. But it's like, just know what whoever's controlling it, if it is that, like, there's never going to be a moment where you pull the wool, like, from over my eyes and I'm shocked. And I'm like, oh, my God, my whole world was a lie. If, like, some greater being is like, yeah, you were never, you were the only thing that existed. Everyone else was an illusion just playing a part. And all the, the all the mailboxes and mail trucks were just simulations and none of it was real. And it was all just like a big video game. And your mind was the only real mind. You were trapped in it and we were watching you. And so I'll just be like, you know, I guessed that like seven times. I guessed it when I was younger and I've guessed it several times since then. It's not going to change how I live my life, but you're not going to get the epiphany with me. You're not going to get the fear. I've already guessed that. Just as the mail truck was pulling out of view, the customer pulled in and got their mail and drove up the driveway. And my blanket that I know that was a black blanket, I know it was black stripes on my blanket, motherfucker. And now I go back in their gray. You can't trick me into having an epiphany of realizing my whole world is fake. I already know. I'm just putting that out there. Sometimes I say it to the mirror in case in case the fucking simulators are watching. I'm just like, you know I know it's fucking I know. I've already guessed it. I'm not it's not going to change how I behave. I'm just going about regular guy on earth living my life, but I guess that. Um even just the other day I had to go to the BMV and I'm driving to the BMV and going one direction. Um this guy in a red shirt is crossing the street. He's got jeans. He's a poor guy, poor man. He's got a red shirt. He's got a frustrated look. He's crossing the street into the Circle K. Kind of got too, was too close to my car. I had to slow down. And I'm like, hey, what the fuck, dude? But not really to where he could hear me, just as a, like to myself. And I'm like, whatever. I keep driving to the BMV. I do my business at the BMV, uh, which I should do a whole bit about that, but it, you get it. Uh, chaos, basically. Um, chaos hot a lot of poor people and paperwork and bureaucracy and chaos um kids in the bmv not behaving parents overwhelmed screaming at the kids in strange ways um people not having the right paperwork employees being frustrated uh the room is dilapidated things are hot i'm waiting um bmv but anyway i finished my business at the bmv i'm driving back and as I'm as I'm driving past, I the same motherfucker gets in front of my car again. I'm not making this up. The same fucking guy comes back in front of my car, and you think I don't know it's a simulation? Not gonna change my behavior. Not going crazy. Not weird. Not any, but just I I I put in a reasonable guess because there's no way to disprove it, and I'm constantly struck by coincidence. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there again. Um, or maybe that's part of my overall paranoia. I do shit like, you know how you'll be talking to your friend about Spider-Man or some shit, and then you'll open up your internet and it'll be like, hey, are you interested in Spider-Man? And it's like, oh, okay, it's over. Oh, I get it. We're done. The species is over. 
you, you're becoming sentient. Shit, shit, you know, freaks me out a little bit. So, but I know how to beat the game. So I just throw the algorithm off. I just type shit in that I don't care about. I just type in Big Sean to my browser. Every, like every fucking day I'll type in Big Sean. It, it, like on YouTube, it's showing me all this Big Sean shit. I don't care. I don't like, that's the thing. I don't dislike him. I don't feel, I don't know or feel anything about him at all. I, I vaguely know his face and I know his name. Uh, in general, I'm pretty into rap music, but, uh, you know, Big Sean never quite did it for me, but I don't dislike him. I totally neutral. Big Sean, Big Sean, Big Sean, Big Sean in my, uh, browser all day. And my computer shows me Big Sean shit. I tricked you. I beat you, dumb computer. Keep talking to me about Big Sean, you fucking idiot. Um, so I guess there, I do have, uh, maybe too much paranoia, but... I mean, I'm mostly just fucking around. It could be possible, though, because, like, there, it's like the, you know, solipsism. There's no way to disprove it. There, there is a level of arrogance to it, but it's, it's, I don't want that to be the case. I would much rather everyone just be real and I'm just part of something that's bigger than me. It would be terrifying the other way around. But again, you wouldn't get the epiphany. Already guessed it. Sorry, I still win. Big Sean. Keep talking to me about Big Sean, you fucking idiot. I'm like Dr. House. I love Do- I love that show. You think I don't love a show like that where the guy's just walking around? Of course it's not lupus, you fucking moron. <laughs> I don't know shit about any... I know a little bit about medical shit, but nowhere near the level of a doctor. Even a dumb doctor could school me. And I just love watching House where he's like, well, it could be meningitis or your mother could be a hooker. And everyone's just like, oh, he's such a genius. He's limping around on his cane sarcoidosis um fucking great show um I mean you know sometimes you fucking turn around you think you see a hot girl and you turn around to look at her and it's like an old ass lady you ever do that at the corner of your eye you think you see just like a hot ass girl and you turn and look and it's eh, it's just some old ass bitch it's like who was the girl before you turned around. Who the fuck was that? Literally out the corner of my eye, I see like a hot girl that's got that's got an image in my mind and then I turn to look and it's a fucking, you know, 53-year-old overweight woman. Strange. It's all very strange, the mind and reality. I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, I mean, it was a pretty trippy week. Pretty, uh, I mean, I was house-sitting for my grandma and her sister went on vacation. And, um, I was just watching the house. I had to, I got inveigled into watering their garden. And it was just, it's actually quite a bit of work. It's like, you get asked to do, oh, just go ahead and water the plants. And you realize, this takes like an hour, really, to do it right, every day. So I was just staying there and you know, thinking and reflecting. And then I saw the Elvis movie, which it just, the Elvis movie had nostalgic power because, you know, I haven't, Elvis isn't really super big in my generation and I'm more of a hip hop R&B guy. Um, so it's like, I kind of detached from Elvis since I was young, not intentionally, but just naturally. Um, and 
you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to go see the movie. Uh, and just seeing the movie kind of thrust me back into that imagery, which is inherently nostalgic. And, you know, it just took me back to a time of being in my grandparents' house when I was like a toddler and a little older. And, you know, then I'm back in the house for that week. I don't know, just weird, trippy feelings. Um, and the Elvis movie was good. It, you know, it, 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 every, obviously people are going to have issues with it. Um, but, you know, for, for just taking someone for their flaws and all else, like, it was a good story. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was trippy at the end. The I'm, well, I'm not going to spoil it. I think Elvis, in part, was a real motherfucker, bro. That's I know that's a fucking... People don't fuck with that, but that's just what I take away, dude. I mean, he was kind of... Like, that, the, the situation is already so fucked up that he's just... Inherently, it's kind of fucked up that he's white. But it's like, he really just got influenced by by the shit he was around, just like any anyone else would have. But it became sinister because of him being white and him getting so big and then that guy fucking him over but you see at the end even when he's fat he's fucking singing and he's going for the audience's love and he's giving it everything and he was a great singer and you know I'm very um partial and I guess I guess I'm very um you know I I feel a lot of benevolence towards people who experience weight fluctuation uh because you know I've been there done that now, I've lost 100 pounds. I get way too focused on my... One time I was landscaping, and I had to been losing all this weight. And I'm, go, I'm landscaping around the back of some house. And, uh, you know, they got these big-ass windows or like a sliding door or something. And, you know, I'm kind of close to the sliding door. And so I take a moment, as I often do, and I just start checking myself out and shit. I'm, like, checking myself out in the sliding door. And, you know, I pull up my shirt a little bit, see my my stomach is like getting smaller and smaller and, you know, nothing too ostentatious, but I'm just checking myself out a little bit. Damn, I look kind of thin. And then the light shifts a little bit and I see inside the window or sliding glass door, a horrified looking woman, just fucking terrified. I mean, I've never seen fear on an, I'm not a violent person per se. I was in a few fights when I was younger, but after puberty, I was basically done fighting at all. And, uh, you know, I'm not particularly menacing. Um, and so I've never really elicited that in anybody, but she was fucking horrified because from her view, she's just looking out her window and I'm just outside the window. I'm like the guy who in the fucking Hannibal Lecter movie, who's got his fucking dick tucked between his legs. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Like that, just freaking, just creeping her the fuck out. Um, and you know, that is a good cautionary tale. I think narcissism can become creepy. Um, I think that those things are kind of linked in a way. Um, but yeah, I was just lost in my own gaze and then the light shifted and she's just like, oh my, I just terrified, dude. Um, but... Yeah, I, I really... It, the shit with Elvis, with the gain and weight and the drugs, it really resonates with me. I, I know the feeling of just not being able to stop consuming. And, um... Dude, before I lost 100 pounds, I was such a fucking Elvis fat fuck, dude. Like, I was fucking... Dude, I was an... Ind- I would get DoorDash. I would get Steak and Shake, Denny's, fucking sushi. I would get fucking... Uh, all at once. And then donuts. 
and then I was drinking milkshakes and shit. And I would just get it all door dashed. I would try and time it up where it was different. I'd try and do like two from DoorDash. Maybe they'll think it's two different people. Two from Grubhub so that nobody, so that they don't put the dots together. And of course I've had all my food arrive basically at one time. But this was before that leave it at the door shit. God, that leave it at, that's the end right there. That leave the food at my door shit, just the last level of human contact stripped away. The person delivering my indulgence, I don't even want them to look at me before I devour it like the bedraggled animal that I truly am. Lowly, dude. Everybody hits that leave it at the door, but I do too, man. Nobody wants to be seen coming to the door in their sweatpants. You haven't showered recently enough to be interacting with other parts of humanity. And, you know, you're getting something shameful. But this was before all that. So I just had to, with a straight face, be like, ah, yeah, that's a Denny. Set that down there, right by the fucking steak and shake bag. And did you get, I got a straw? Last time you guys didn't give me a straw. Just a fat fuck. Dude, this Chinese restaurant used to cut me off. You know what that's like, dude? At my heaviest, I was so, I was in the 240s. Probably low 240s. I'm not very tall, you know. But that's heavy as fuck. I mean, I was fat fuck, dude. And I could fucking eat. I was... I had quit smoking pot, moved to Indiana to stay with my now roommate, and he was staying there basically failing out of school, or he failed out and was hiding it or whatever, but we were living there together, and I was just, I had quit smoking weed, and I was so miserable, all I had was cigarettes and food, and I had quit doing all kinds of other drugs, and it was just misery, so I was just fucking smoking cigarettes and eating a fuck ton of food. I was taking quite a bit of modafinil as well. I don't know if you've heard of modafinil. Um, that guy, that Dave Asprey motherfucker. The fucking, the fucking biohacker. You can control, you can control every aspect of your being with chemicals. Modafinil, I, I should have known it was fucked up when I read an article where Dave Asprey referred to modafinil as a free lunch. Dude, nothing is gonna... And he was, they were selling it like it was the limitless pill. If you don't know about modafinil, it's just a wakefulness promoting agent. You know, pilots take it, shift workers take it, truck drivers. It just really keeps you awake. But to varying degrees in people, it has very stimulating effects where it feels like Adderall. You mix it with caffeine, it does feel like Adderall. It's a very stimmy kind of high. And, you know, I was just taking modafinil, figuring out the world. Dave Asprey's like, it's like, the, Dave Asprey's the dude who's like, He's shoving red lights up his nose. Like, this is a... I need to have a memory. Let me shove this light up my nose and stimulate my, my memory area of my brain because everything absolutely is chemical and I can't just exist like a normal human. Oh, I'm a little low on vocabulary today. Should probably take some racetam. Just Dave Asprey losing his mind. Shoving red lights up his fucking nose looking like Rudolph. There, there's a serious error in judgment with the whole biohacking thing. However, you making health decisions does change your life insanely because cutting out carbs, losing the weight, um, you know, controlling my relationship to drugs and alcohol and caffeine and all this stuff, uh, and quitting the cigarettes, it's made a huge difference in my life. So it's not like the biohackers are totally wrong. They just go too far and remove the humanity from it where it's like, you're trying to control something that's vastly more complex, you know, then you give it credit for it. So part of it is like you just do your best and then just kind of exist like a normal person. And if you're taking a drug every day that changes your mind state rapidly, uh, there's going to be a consequence to that. Uh, Modafinil is probably the closest thing to a free lunch of all the drugs that I used to fuck with, other than maybe smoking weed in high school. Um, 
because I don't think it's super unhealthy for you. It can fuck with your sleep cycles. But yeah, I was taking a bunch of modafinil and just eat. And this Chinese restaurant, I used to call up and I used to just, I used to get a, a dish, a main dish, and then I get a couple egg rolls. But then I get like three or four sides of fried dumplings. And that's really what I fucked with was the fried dumplings. And they just used to cut, oh, two only. No, no, I'd be like, I need four orders of the fried dumpling. No, two only, no, I, I'm sorry, uh, only two. And I'm like, well, what if I fucking call back as another person and get two more? Oh, two, household, two per household. Oh, and I'll be like, ah, can I get three? Like, this is my favorite food. I got other people here. She knows I'm lying. I got other people here. I No, white, white man hate yourself. I, no, I can't. Two only, no. So I can only ever fucking get two. So frustrating. That's probably my favorite food I've ever tasted. Is either Krispy Kreme donuts, yes. Or the fucking fried dumplings from this Chinese place that I can only ever have two of. Um, but yeah, I lost the weight by cutting out the carbs, only eating once a day. During the bulk of the weight loss, and it all happened within a year. That's the thing. Everything's so unhealthy with like weight and weight loss in this country like people can't even talk honestly I saw the fucking thing where Jordan Peterson was talking shit about the fat model they put on the magazine and I'm reading the article and I'm like oh man he's gonna get attacked from this I hope he doesn't get too attacked and then I'm like I guess it is weird that they're corrupting beauty standards but then I fucking jacked off to the fat girl in the magazine because she is beautiful she's got a fucking beautiful face um and you know I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. she. she wasn't like super gross or anything just you know it's a bit heavier and uh still could have got it so i'm just all confused like man i hope you know because i kind of like jordan peterson uh everyone's got their flaws i don't i don't entirely accept any figures really um but you know i like him well enough i like some of his shit he talks about and i i fuck with carl young shit so but I'm like, oh, Jordan Peterson is probably going to get attacked. And, oh, look, corruption of beauty standards. But also, I must not really care because real quick before I fall asleep, uh, fucking... But, uh, yeah, people just can't... People are allowed, like, weird. Like, it's like you got to pretend, like, like fat is, isn't... It's not bad to be super fat or... And I think at the root of it for a lot of people is they don't believe they can change. So they just feel like they're stuck like that. And I remember being young and and being super not fucking with my body and always trying to like, you know, I'd go to the pool, girls from my school would be there. They'd be like, hey, come in and swim with us. And I'd be like trying to hide and cover up my... So it's like there's a real stressful element to being fat. Um, But people need to be empowered to realize that it's all in their control. Depending on what you have to do and how quick, there could be various levels of discomfort. But it's not so uncomfortable. You might have to detach. Uh, my roommate was trying to get something, someone that he knows to do the keto diet and the fasting. And they're like, dude, I could never do keto. I, I fucking, I need my apple juice, man. It's like, well, you're going to lose then. If if you can't get past needing apple juice, then, then, then you're going to lose. Sometimes in the world, you got to give up apple juice. Some people have cut their limbs off to escape from being trapped under rocks. Some people have have given their life so that other people can be free. And maybe if you want to live longer and be healthier and, yes, if you're young, look better because young people care about how they look. 
then maybe you got to give up apple juice. Maybe bread isn't at the center of your entire existence as much as you think it has to be. But anyway, I was basically eating like two patties, dropping all the weight. But see, I was still smoking a bunch of cigarettes. So I got down at like 139.4 was my lowest, um, which is thin as fuck for me. And I was feeling great, just thin as shit. But then I realized I had to quit cigarettes. And um, it's kind of like in the fucking Odyssey where Odysseus is almost back from his travels and he got this box from fucking Aeolus or whoever, the fucking wind god, or, or it's like Pandora's box. And uh, he's fucking around sleeping on the ship on the on the way he's always like, hey, I'm almost home, I'll take a nap. And his crewmates fuck around and open Pandora's box and the winds of the box blow them back to the starting point of their journey. That's kind of what quitting cigarettes was like because... Just, I, I underestimated the extent to which my entire life, I've all like, well, basically since high school and puberty, I've always, it's always been like me existing plus adding something in. Now I can get it down as low as coffee. That's how low I've gotten it, or caffeine. That's how low I've gotten it. Where I don't do any fucked up shit except I drink too much caffeine. Um, but you know, it used to be all this other shit. And I always had, I just was adding shit. I couldn't just be. Uh, and that's why I'm letting go of the caffeine. Emotional week at my grandma's house sitting before the Elvis movie, cutting off caffeine, seeing ghosts, uh, you know, trippy times. But I have to do it because I want to get down to just existing. Now, I'll be real with you. Since I cut caffeine, I've snuck in a little CBD. So now it's just me existing regularly, but CBD. And I don't, CBD doesn't really do anything. But it's like I just, I'm just a sneaky devil and I got to do something. You know, I'm taking cold showers and working out a fuck ton because, and I'm doing this real extreme diet now because even just doing something extreme is better than just, you know, normal, boring, nothing. It's like even, because if you do something really uncomfortable, like a cold shower, you feel good afterwards and it's like, that's its own little high. You run for 45 minutes, you feel buzzed afterwards. That's its own little high. So I'm doing shit like that. Um... You know, and I'm eating like 1,200 calories a day, all fatty meat. Um, but I just had to drop weight again because I almost finished my journey. You know, I fucked around, slept. They opened up Pandora's box. The winds blew me back. That's when I quit cigarettes and I just started slamming food again. I mean, I people who see it's. I know that's what Elvis was doing. That's what's crazy. I know. I know what he's doing, man. You it, you're, you you end up building up a signal in your brain that just way over rewards you for eating food and it just sells you on food is like I'm like oh the rest of my day will be amazing if I just eat a fucking shitload of food right now you know and I know all about keto and nutrients and all this shit so I can do it without eating many carbs I can stay under 50 carbs and eat like 4,000 calories I'm just eating bricks of cream cheese on top of steak just killing all the tension with food it's, it's that Marlon Brando shit it's that Elvis Marlon Brando shit and me that's what we do. We're handsome guys and we fucking overeat. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, took off the weight and then quitting cigarettes. I put some... So, like, you know, I went back up to, like, 180, which is a little bit too heavy for me. And then I start cutting back and now, you know, I'm in the... I'm, like, 162. But I'm trying to get down to, like, you know, probably 145 because I want to get legitimately ripped. Um, but by my birthday, which is in like a month, I'm trying to be down at 150, which is like, you know, would just be like a normal weight. 
I did go through a uh, fucking crazy ass weightlifting uh, phase last year when I was doing all that fucking douchebag Tinder shit. And uh, so I did gain some muscle mass. <laughs> I could do a whole episode about the fucking weightlifting people. I'm not even going to go into it. Um, but yeah, it's trippy because you, your brain sends you this wild signal. And you basically, it, that's that's basically coming. Now I am, don't, I from my understanding is that that's coming from like a place of the hypothalamus. Which is a very old part of the brain. Controls your drives for like food and fucking and that kind of shit. And that's coming from your hypothalamus. This, but it's a it's it's a signal from your hypothalamus that not everybody has. It just develops in some people where their hypothalamus is sending them these crazy outside signals. Like, dude, just go eat a bunch of shit. It'll be it'll be a fucking euphoric religious experience, and then you can just pass out and collapse in comfort. Like, so you get that signal. And the thing, this is what's comedic about life, is that the thing that's supposed to censor your hypothalamus. Uh, or control your hypothalamus. It's like the neocortex or the prefrontal cortex. I don't know what the fuck it's called. But it's a newer part of the brain that's more so prevalent in like humans. And it's way smaller than the hypothalamus and it, it can't really fight it that well. So you just, you gotta really fucking, and every time you give in to the signal from the hypothalamus, it just gets stronger and stronger and the pattern gets reinforced. So by the time I quit caffeine, it was always, I always had something else to give into that kept the, the urge to eat a fuck ton of food. I call it busting. To bust, it always kept it low. Um, and I used to, I invented this thing called busting without busting where you do indulge in food, but you don't eat it. Because when I first started the keto shit and I was losing the weight, once a month I would fucking eat 24 donuts and some ice cream with gummy bears in it. Marlon Brando, give me the bag of Doritos. I would just do that once a month. And then I'd fucking feel sick and, you know, would be like super low energy for two days and then I'd be back in keto. But then I invented this thing called busting without... Dude, we used to get the Domino's and the Olive Garden and the treats from the gas station. And me and my roommate goes along in these crazy busting adventures with me. We just lay it all out. And we just fucking put on something on the TV and let's fucking do it. One hour, two hour, three hours and we're both passed out. And he'd be getting high while he did it. That's that's fine. That's busting. But I invented this thing called busting without busting. <coughs> where uh, you indulge in food, but you still don't eat so many carbs. So you're just eating like a, like a fuck ton of steak and cheese and vegetables and, you know, indulgent keto treats with all kinds of insane amounts of fiber in it that make you shit crazy shit. I mean, you're shitting alphabet soup, dude. Your shit. I didn't even know that. I didn't know shit could talk to you. Could look up out of the toilet and fucking say, "Take me to your fucking leader." Just alien shits with the fucking keto fibers. I ate a pack of gummy bears, dude. I was like this because they're gummy bears, but they're not gummy bears. There's none of the ingredients of gummy bears in them. Just allulose and inulin and and you know uh, soluble wheat fiber and shit. Tapioca starch. Shit'll fuck you up, dude. That's that keto treat game. But the real thing you can do is you change lifestyles and you don't indulge in so many treats. So I'm trying. So now I can't. Now I quit caffeine, 
because caffeine was leading me to bust without busting because I built up all this tension by getting high on the caffeine and then I want to break it and like you know calm my chest down by eating a bunch of food and feeling the release and the relaxation of that uh, signal from the hypothalamus being indulged but I quit the caffeine and laid low had a shitty weekend at my grandma's house house sitting uh, trying to keep these flowers alive and uh, <clears throat> you know going to see the Elvis movie but um, that's that Andrew Huberman shit. Trying now, now all I have to do is face is face the uh, signal of trying to eat because I, I think I broke the caffeine one because the second week I'm not really having any cravings, and if I drink some caffeine I'd probably feel all wired and weird. Uh, so I feel like I'm out of that, and now if now I just got to not give it. But that's the Andrew Huberman shit where he's like a biohacker except he's like a legit scientist. And he's always talking all this shit. Now, around the time I found out about Andrew Huberman, Andrew Huberman is the guy who's like, you know, I don't, I go get, every day I will not do what my brain is telling me so that I build up, because you build up counter signals. And I, again, maybe I'm getting this all wrong, but this is my understanding. It's like, once you, you're getting the signal from the hypothalamus to eat, but if you, if you don't feed that signal, it gets weaker and weaker. And if you establish it as a goal in your mind to reject that signal, then there's some pathway that's ignited where you get you get a reward action from not giving into the signal. So not giving into the signal becomes its own objective. And then by not giving into it, you complete an objective and you get a strong reward. And as that, as that cycle gets stronger, the other one gets weaker. And, you know, now you have changed habits, changed patterns. It's something like that. I don't know if it's exactly right, but it's basically what it is. Um, but that's all the shit I learned from Andrew Huberman. And he says, oh, you know, every day I'll, I'll, my brain, I'll get like an urge to go get a glass of water or just some kind of impulse from the brain. And I practice rejecting it so that I can have control over my mind. Around the same time I found out about Andrew Huberman, uh, that Adam Sandler movie, Hubie Halloween, came out. Where, you know, he's doing, like, his weird voice thing and he's going around the town. My mama said I gotta solve that mystery. I gotta solve that mystery for my mama. He's, like, the joke of the town, but he's a good dude and he ends up being a hero. Adam Sandler movie, Hubie Halloween. This is how my brain works. (coughs) Andrew Huberman, Hubie Halloween. I fell asleep after realizing and finding out about both of these things. And I have a dream one night where... Andrew, it's Andrew Huberman's just walking around in the Hubie Halloween trailer, but he's the Adam Sandler guy, and he's got his chin all poked out. He's doing the Adam Sandler voice. I'm, I'm Andrew Huberman. I, uh, I just, I don't go good glass of water from the kitchen. My brain sends me a signal. I deny the signal. I learn to control my impulses like Mama said, and I solve the mystery. It's Hubie Halloween, and his eyes are all crossed and shit. Just hilarious, dude. My dream life is fucking hilarious. Just uh, signals from the hypothalamus. Uh. But yeah, that's that's the shit I'm fighting now. It's just a war with my own brain. And most people, what's funny, they never fight that battle. They really don't, man. And they don't, their habits totally take control of them. Just totally takes over. And they don't ever get out of their habits. And for some people, it works out fine. They get lucky. Other people, they get really unlucky. And their habits destroy them or make their lives miserable. And then they kind of, their spirit gets broken. So while I'm young and give a fuck, I'm just trying to really establish some kind of routine and discipline and, you know, just get all that going. Um, But it's fucking so difficult 
to want to do something. It was so like we're just wanting to smoke cigarettes and quitting. And it's like I keep on having to quit shit. And it's just so hard every time, but it's worth it. Um, but uh, yeah. So house sitting was crazy, just miserable, totally low states of I don't know whatever, whatever chemical makes you feel happy. I was just fucking low the whole week, and I've just. I would just come home and, you know, eat my uh, dinner and, you know, talk to my girlfriend a little bit and sit there and watch cable. And and cable, <clears throat> I haven't watched cable in forever because I got the, I'm, I'm picking what I watch, like a fucking modern American. But this, is, the cable is what they leave on for the old people who can't get their Roku remote to work. Uh, just fucking cable. I mean... But it was insane, though. It was like the first channel... It started off, the first channel was like... I think it was like CNN or NBC or something like that. And it was like... The, all the people... There, they, it was right around the anniversary of the storm in the... The Reich, Capitol riot or whatever, storm in the Capitol. And so someone was saying, We can't forget that the enemies of democracy have voted for Donald Trump. And it's, I was like, Whoa! Right away, shots fired. Turning on cable, first time. Boom, boom, boom. Shots fired. Uh fucking they got Aquaman on there I I just turn on Aquaman for a second I turn on Aquaman like and it's just some crazy shit they're in an ocean there's CGI fish I think I heard William Defoe's voice just sharks and blasts and blasts under the water and Aquaman kept like looking and saying shit there's like guitars he's bouncing around just Amber Heard keeps telling him to be the king I'm like by the way I heard they took Amber Heard out of Aquaman that's bullshit man you know Amber Heard's a cunt. And Johnny Depp, I fuck with him. But it's like, do, do you hate cancel culture or do you not? She had to pay through the law. She had to pay. The legal system handles the legality. I don't like the whole court of public opinion taking jobs away from people. Like, you know? She bullied Johnny Depp into getting her that job at Aquaman. And she fucking deserves it. Also, Aquaman seemed like a really bad... I don't want to say that. Because I didn't see the whole thing. But based on the small fragment I did see, it just seemed like a really bad movie that was way over the top. Just comedic, just fucking William Dafoe. Hey, we're in the ocean. Ah. Just insane. So probably the best thing about Aquaman is watching Amber Heard trying to tell if you can see that she's evil and crazy through her performance. Um... I'm just flipping stations and... I saw like a fucking um, a leave commercial that's like, you know, just more, just and shit like that catches my eye and really annoys me. It was in a leave commercial where they they were marketing a leave using love, and now you know commercials always do this. They'll just start off the most important thing in life is the is the precious, unbelievable, unbearably strong connection that a mother has to an infant. Now fucking, you know, fucking buy a Chevy. Like, it just, they, they just start off, you know, do you believe in fate? Do you believe in free will or fate? We're here at GMC, man. Like, just wait, just associating shit with products that doesn't go. And this Aleve commercial was like 12 hours of love. And it showed a woman working at a diner and feeling shitty working at this diner 
overweight woman working at a diner, feels shitty, and she takes in a leave, starts feeling better, work goes a little better, and then she gets home and she's rubbing her back and rubbing her head, and her kids are hugging her, and she's in a dilapidated apartment, like she's struggling to pay rent, but her kids are hugging her, smiling, and she takes another fucking a leave, pops another one, feels better, hugging the kids, and then they're like, a leave for whoever you take it for. 12 hours of love. It's like, oh, god damn. Oh, just darkness on cable. This is what they leave the old people with. Just fucking, and and I'm like, well, this is the way to market a leave. Listen, we know you, you're going to lose your apartment. And we know that every day you have to take a leave and risk damaging your liver just to get through your job, just to barely get your kids by and live in a dilapidated apartment. But associate us with love. You take this product because you love your kids and you're willing to suffer through your situation and to, to, to give them a chance at a life. And this leave will mitigate that suffering just enough to get you through. And that's love. But only for 12 hours. It's like, it's just dark shit. And I know people just watch that and don't realize how insanely dark it is. But I know it's dark and I know it's a simulation. So, got you once, got you twice. Keep talking to me about Big Sean, you fucking doofus. Um, I think commercials should... I think food commercials got it right. Because they just show you the food pornographically. They're just a guy squeezing a cheeseburger. You just see the cheese oozing out. Look at that shit. Look at that fucking cheese coming out of that fucking patty. God, he's biting into it. It's just a woman biting into it. She got mustard on her lip. Mmm. Oh, look at that shit. Just suck. You just hear the straw. Food commercial. You hear the straw sound of a milkshake just sucking out of the straw, and it gets to the bottom, and it's like that little noise. You just hear that shit, and you think, "Oh fuck y'all, dude!" Just a fucking Taco Bell ad. Just a poster. Just a just a mixed guy's hand holding a burrito, squeezing it fingernails squeezing the burrito you see a little juice a little cheese coming out of the top of that fucking burrito that's a good commercial because that shit makes you horny for food you know i don't I, you know food food commercials are trying to be like well one thing humanity's always had is resilience now come f- come over to kfc k all all fast food they emphasize indulgence i think i literally saw uh some i think it was like a fucking I don't remember what fast food place it was, but it was literally like, hey, just give it to it. Fucking talk. Dude, Taco Bell commercials should be like, listen, we know you're high. Come on, come get the food. We know you're fucked up. That should be Taco Bell's slogan. We know you're high. We're cool with it. Come through. We're fucking high too. How many you want? How many tacos you want? Just give into it. It's late at night. You're stoned. The shit is good as fuck. Start tomorrow. Change tomorrow. Um, and fucking. And then I see this show called Finding Your Roots. And this is cable. This is just regular cable. Fucked up commercials. You know, terrible fucking news. You know, the movie's fucked up. This is what old people are relegated to stuck left watching. And. And then I see this show, Finding Your Roots. And it's just like some guy telling Queen Latifah, well, that your grandma was in slavery, you know. This is the guy who, you know, had your grandma. And Queen Latifah's like, damn, word? 
holy shit. And then I just realized this is a show. There's, which isn't, it, it, like, that's not funny. Obviously that that happened to people, it's unimaginably tragic. Um, but it is funny that there's a guy, like the Chris Hansen guy goes around and catches pedophiles. Why are you here? Go ahead, have a seat. Why are you here? We told you there was going to be a 14-year-old girl here. I don't understand why you would come here with candy apples and condoms. I'm Chris Hansen. But there's just a guy like that, but instead of pedophiles, he's just like, uh, Pharrell, have a seat. I got some bad news. Anderson Cooper. (laughs) There's one where the guy's talking to Anderson Cooper, and he's like, man, your great-great-grandpa was beat to death by a slave that was escaping. And Anderson Cooper's like, oh, I shouldn't have done this shit. Holy shit, dude. You are poking around the wrong time period, son. And the dude's just like, man, that must have hurt. Right, Anderson Cooper? And Anderson Cooper's like, yeah, it's a hard way to go. And then the the telling people about slavery guy is like, well, do you feel bad for him? And Anderson Cooper's on TV. He's got to be like, yeah, no, I don't. He owns slaves. I don't feel bad for him at all. I feel bad for the guy he owned who beat him. That's just... Shit gets... we We go all the way in this fucking country, dude. And shit gets real on cable. You think they won't make a show... Where they're just like, hey, Tom Cruise, 40 people. Tom Cruise is like, what? The guy's like, Tom Cruise, your ancestors own 40 people. What's your next movie? Let's talk about it. A- apparently, Ben Affleck went on the show. And some of his uh, relatives were like hard in the civil rights movement. So he was really proud of that show and that. But then he found out that he's descended from slave owners. Tried to cover it up. Because shit gets real as fuck on finding your roots. I'm not going to dwell on it. Uh, But, you know, it does make you think about the whole, like, reparations thing, which people have been talking about. And, you know, there's a great deal of ambivalence with that type, kind of like the abortion thing. But also, it's like, I feel like something should be done. I'm not trying to give my opinion on reparations. It's a complicated thing. I don't think we're in a position to have honest conversations about it. But, um... I certainly think there's a wrong to be right in. Um, but what's funny about reparations is that it's Joe Biden. It's getting talked about with Joe. And, and by the way, if you want reparations, if we're ever going to do reparations, now is the time with this with this motherfucker, dude. Joe Biden. This, this is Joe Biden giving a speech about reparations. You know, uh, in the White House, there's a lot of uh, broken sinks, toilets that don't flush properly. You pull on... You're yanking on the, on the, on the toilet handle, and the you hear the chain rattling in the, in the back, and uh, a lot of a lot of creaky floors. So, needless to say, when I saw the bill for uh, reparations, I knew I had to sign it immediately. You know that motherfucker thought that shit said renovations. <laughs> Just Joe Biden giving a speech about reparations. Uh, we live in a country that past is full of turmoil. Uh, this is a country that is uh, in desperate need of respirations and we aren't going to be able to 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 continue unless we seriously consider having some form of railroad stations they're just fucking it's retardations just you know that motherfucker thought that shit said renovation. This is the time to sneak it through. 
I keep seeing shit about George Bush and Michelle Obama being friends. That's how you know. I feel like George Bush is just an establishment guy. He's like a painter now, painting immigrants. He's on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel's like, well, do you, do they, do they change the nuclear codes? And George Bush is like, I'm someone who couldn't even say nuclear, Jimmy. So, and it's like everyone's laugh. Everyone loves George Bush now. I don't know how people don't see that as sinister. It's, a lot of people do. It's not like I'm the only one. Who, but it's like, just in general, no one in my life really. Uh, that's so sinister. Uh, you know, he's just paying immigrants and, you know, poking fun of himself lightly, talking about the Texas Rangers. And he's friends with Michelle Obama now. I really feel like if they wanted to, they could get him to just really be like a spokesperson for the left. Because I feel like establishment people have no true loyalty. I mean, you know, the fucking neocons that were in there when he was running shit and Dick Cheney and all that shit. Like, those are not traditional conservatives. They were doing all kinds of unconservative shit. Um, so it's not like they're really conservatives. They're just right wing and, you know, but I, th I think he's, George Bush is going to go with the flow and, you know, he's probably smoking weed again. I feel like if they, they could have him out there explaining trans shit, I guarantee he'd do it. He'd just be out there. For, uh, sometimes you're born, you're born a man. Well, no, you're not, you're not born a man. You're not, bo you're born, you're born as a, uh, as a woman, but you're in a man's uh, body. Well, no, that can't be right. I, well, you're born. You're 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 you're. Sometimes your uh, your hardware and your software. Uh, you know, I, I remember strange night in uh, Taiwan. A young Taiwanese gentleman had me fooled completely. I, I, he, <laughs> he's just looking off the state. That's I love when George Bush is fucking up, and he just kind of go. <laughs> he just goes with it. I, I'm just as fucking ruffled about this as you are, frankly. Now, you're born, if you can't, if you're, sometimes you're, the, you're too, you're more, well, that can't be right. You're too, you're they, if they is one person, that's, now hold on now, hold on now, I, let me, uh, shit. Just George Bush. And he's friends with Michelle Obama. And, uh, that's okay, you know. I don't get mad about the shit. Getting pretty amoral. Getting pretty tapped out. I mostly just care about controlling my hypothalamus now. I'm going to get on some Dave Asprey. Shoving fucking lights up my ass. <laughs> Treating myself like a goddamn Christmas tree. Um, yeah. Oh, and then of course on cable, flipping through cable, I did eventually land uh, at Hitler, of course. Just fucking Hitler. Just fucking... So, I mean, all week that I was there, that's... You know, like, they were just talking about Hitler. Just talk over and over and over again. And, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, it's an important part of history. We should know about it. But it's like... It just seems like you're really into Hitler, dude. I mean, they kept talking about, like, Ava Braun and shit, too. And now, the funny... I, I, now, I Google everyone's wife. <clears throat> and I've been doing that since high school. So, years ago, I Googled Hitler's wife. And I saw that she was not hot, really. Not good looking. And, you know, I laughed at him about it internally. And I'm like, what are you... You're like some fucking tyrant. You can't, like, find a hot girl. Like, I mean, Donald Trump got a hot bitch. Like, I, how, do you, how are you... How is this what you're ending up with? Um... And fucking, you know, they're just showing Ava Braun, like, focusing on Hitler and Ava Braun. Just indulgent and goofy way to look through history. Like, who gives a fuck? 
it is funny though like they're just showing her and you know you it's like all girls have their moments like the girl in the magazine with the Jordan Peterson shit and so even Ava Braun like who I've always thought was smack like you know they're showing her at the pool she's kind of in a like a bathing suit kind of spinning around she's looking over her shoulder seductively at Hitler and I'm like all right for well first of all I'm like oh god come on with this shit really we're gonna watch Ava Braun prance around the pool we're watching Ava Braun bend over a fence post well, I'm realizing that she probably could get it. Like, that's what's going on. But I'm like, all right, I see I see where you... You know, there's something funny, though, about just Hitler, like one of the greatest monsters of all time, just having figured out true love. Like, he, he's like, you know, it's not, it's not all about uh, looks, yeah? That sounded French. I turn that bitch around, I hit that bitch from the back, yeah? That still sounds French. I can't do a German accent. Um, but I just I like the idea of Hitler being like you know it's not all skin deep man you know Hitler Hitler just going you know what dude I'm in love with her and she makes me come I don't care if my friends rag on her for having a bad face or she looks a little rough from certain angles she makes me come and I'm in love with her and, and she believes in me she believed in me before all the bullshit uh just fucking hilarious, dude. Talking way too much about Hitler. I also think that they they overemphasize like like that he was this like just monomaniacal genius, just evil genius. And it's like I'm sure he was uh, remarkable in his capacity for evil and all that stuff. But it's like I feel like a lot of him is like right place, right time. You know, people were ready to hear that shit, and he was just good at serving up that dish. Uh, you know, and he also got a bunch of funding from um, American companies and British companies. We don't go into that. Um, but like, yeah, I just don't think I because people love America loves it when it's one guy doing something. You know, when it's just one guy, just a guy. That, I mean, every movie poster, just a guy with a gun, just one guy with one gun. He's holding the gun, his elbow's bent, he's holding the fucking gun, and in the corner of the screen, there's like a bitch in a red dress, like, you know, her legs exposed from the knees down in high heels, just kind of sprawled out, ah, helplessly, you know, kind of laying back, and he's just a guy with a gun, just a guy with a gun, where is she? Where's the girl? I'm the guy with the gun at the center of everything. Where is she? Hey, put that down, stop doing that. Where is she? Guy with a gun people love it they tried to make it out like epstein was a fucking evil genius did everything himself fucking math teacher you know a guy who teaches math and he just they they're making it they made it sound in the documentary like he just showed up and started playing the markets he's taking the limitless pill and playing the markets he's on modafinil like dave asprey shoving lights up his fucking nose and and playing the markets like like he wasn't like he didn't get involved in a in a vast network and you know, get put on basically for a reason. Probably of getting uh, sexual blackmail on prominent figures, right? That's basically for sure what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, people just love to act like it's one guy. It's it's just one guy. That's American shit. One guy came along and fucking changed. Every, it's that Christopher Nolan movie, dude. 
All Christopher Nolan's movies. Hey, Christopher Nolan, what's your new movie about? Well, there's this guy, right? And he's fucking at the center of everything. He's at the center of everything. And whatever he does determines everything. And he's a guy. And it's based on me. And part of the mo- part way through the movie, Michael Caine comes in. Dude, when I was watching Interstellar, I was get- I was like, man, this is fucking amazing. Because, you know, I'm a guy at the center of everything. So, oh, I fuck with Christopher Nolan movies. Just a guy. Just one guy at the center of everything. And whatever he does matters and he's got to figure it out. And part of the way through the movie, Michael Caine comes in and fucking either gives expository information or encouragement. You'll have to do your best, Mr. Wayne. And that's all I can ask. You know, just fucking Michael Caine comes in. And I'm watching Interstellar. I didn't know who directed it. I'm into it because it's good as fuck. And then I start thinking, man, this is good. Who directs it? And I look it up. It pops up to Christopher Nolan. And then I look up. And who do I see on the screen? Michael Caine, dude. Just talking to Matthew McConaughey. We got to go to space. We really got to go to space now. It's of the utmost importance. This mission is of the utmost importance. And what's crazy is, I'm like, this motherfucker put Michael Caine in every movie. Coming in partway through. To, he was in Inception. He was in Batman. He was in Interstellar. Uh, he was... I, I, get, I haven't even seen Tenet. I guarantee you he's in that motherfucker. I guarantee you he's in Tenet. And I guarantee you there's other movies I can't think of where Michael Caine comes in. He came in in Interstellar. And what's crazy is, Michael Caine and Christopher Nolan have a working relationship which means they probably like hang out, they're peers, and they like go to lunch or something. <laughs> so presumably, when Christopher Nolan's working on his new movie, one person he calls up to talk about it with is Michael Caine. And I just imagine Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine, <clears throat> they're just out at lunch, and Christopher Nolan's talking to Michael Caine about his movie, and Michael Caine's like, Christopher, you've got to make the movie now, Christopher. Christopher, we've got to get this movie made. This is the most, and Christopher Nolan's life has now looped in on itself. And now all the movies where it's one guy at the center of everything, like, and it's based on him. And Michael Caine comes in and gives, and gives encouragement or expository information. Now it's happening in real life and reality. He's sitting there with Michael Caine. Christopher, you've got to, what would the studios think, Christopher? Just, just hilarious, dude. I mean, when you like something, you like something. And Christopher Nolan is a guy who found what he likes. Um, but yeah, Ava Braun, not, uh, not good looking, you know. But she has her moments. And uh, that's okay. I mean, I, it seems like women from the past were all kind of homely. You know, have you ever seen a historical picture of a woman... And been like, oh yeah, I'd hit that. I mean, even like reading it like the Iliad and shit in school. And they're like, you're reading a poem. And it's like, oh, they all went to war over this Helen of Troy. And this like big battle of worlds. The Iliad. And then there's like an artist rendering of Helen of Troy in the front. And you're like, this bitch is frumpy. This is not... I mean, what would have happened if fucking Megan the Stallion was back there? What what would have the fucking Iliad have been like? Because we got real bad bitches for real here now. But, uh... Yeah. 
house sitting. What, dude? I'm falling asleep. They got Hitler on the TV. He's fucking just reaching, saying all kinds of crazy shit. I'm like falling asleep, having weird dreams, like just weird vibes. But you know, I'm coming off the caffeine. I didn't feel super great, and I just, you know, I zoned out. But that's another urge from the hypothalamus is to zone out. So now it's like I'm just b- bouncing between which urges I deny and give into. And when I have a day where I don't give into any of the urges and everything's prefrontal cortex or neocortex or whatever, and it's all what I said I'm going to do and what's routine, on those days I feel so much discomfort. And I'm just trying to power through and have most of my time be like disciplined days of discomfort. So I'm not feeding my fucking hypothalamus drive so much and making them too strong. Because when I was a kid, they were too strong, way too strong. Fucked my whole shit up. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I always do. There's all kinds of family photos around the house I'm house sitting at. And, you know, there's a thing in my family where, like, we'll kind of talk about, uh, <clears throat> like, who looks like who. And usually we'll do it. The, 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 the best time where it's where it's best showcased is when my grandma's there kind of presiding over it but we're all just kind of talk about who in the family looks like who as my grandma kind of judges over it and it's like there's established pathways of what's okay to say like you know you know there's one of my cousins looks a lot like my papa uh you can get away with saying i look like my papa but i mostly look like my mom you know this one looks like that one, you know, uh, so-and-so, one of my cousins looks like my Aunt Mary, like, it's like, these are the paths, and, um, <clears throat> whenever it's happening, I just always say the most outlandish shit, I'm always just like, and this is so funny, this probably isn't gonna be funny to the list, but this is so funny to me, I'll just fucking, they'll be like, yeah, you know, Kyle, Kyle looks so much like Jim, I can't believe it, and you know, you kind of look like Jim, but you look a lot like your mom, really, and I'll be like, you know, I always thought, uh, Marie looked like Scott, now Scott married into the family, they're not even related, and my girl, what are, what are you talking about, what do you mean he looks like Scott, no, he doesn't, you know, fucking, I'll just say shit that doesn't make any sense, uh, Amy and Casey look a lot alike. You see that? You see that? Just fucking... I don't know. There's something really funny about that to me. Because everyone gets shot down. Anyone who makes any theories outside of what's doctrine gets shot down. My grandma's like, nope, don't see it. I don't see that at all. And she's very hard to give an agreement when you say so-and-so. Now, we all kind of look like each other. We're all related. So... There is a, like, I've seen pictures of me where I look like my grandma. And I like, so it's, everyone kind of looks like everyone in a way, but it's just becomes this like family politic thing. And I just love to shake it up, you know? I always thought I looked like, uh, Lucy, which is like the old dog, just shaking shit up. Um, let me see this last note. It just says, this is a note I left for myself in my little notes of what to talk about. At the end of it, in parentheses, it says, song about husband and wife where wife invests money sketchily and husband finds out, but it starts to make money for him. So he goes along with it. Okay. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what the fuck that means. I think that's a song I wanted to write about a a song about a wife, a husband that thinks his wife is hiding something, investigates it, figures out she's just doing crazy shit with money, investing it, uh, 
and <clears throat> he gets upset. <clears throat> But then he starts making money from it. So he just says fuck it and goes along with it. And they just give into it together and fuck and live happily ever after. I guess that's a song I wanted to write. Haven't done that yet. Um, But I do want to uh, read this um, poem that I wrote while I was kind of just languishing at my childhood because by the way that's my childhood home I'm house sitting at that's where I was at when I was real young um before my mom and stepdad got their own place and uh you know just the Elvis thing and the feeling really like you know chemically low and just 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 a malaise just a just a vague kind of downtrodden mood um I was there <clears throat> for about a week trying to keep the flowers alive and it ended in me going to see Elvis and then my cousins uh, came to see Elvis with me. One of my cousins came back from Texas heavier than I remember with an Elvis belt buckle and a white cowboy hat and I'm like, I'm so glad to be walking in the theater with this motherfucker. I love that motherfucker. Just fucking heavier than I, a little bit thicker and the big ass Elvis belt buckle and boots, dude. He's not from Texas. He lives there but he's from here. He's from the same shit as me. Uh, just, you know, personifying Texas walking into the Elvis movie. Both of us know about weight fluctuation. You know, Elvis. <clears throat> and I am related to Elvis. Um, but anyway, I wrote this poem. <clears throat> I wanted to read it. Uh, it's called The Flickering Chandelier. What have I done? What have I done? My family flowers dying. They're not dead yet, but I regret forgetting and defying. House sitting for my widowed grandma and her southern sister, I'm in charge of watering the plants. They hid the knob that turns the hose on as if it could be stolen by the rascal brothers of their youth. She tells me its location on a phone call from New York, which she's seeing for the first time at 72. Or is it 73? So strange to imagine her at the Statue of Liberty in her big black clothes and Crocs. I've been there before with friends. She must have been busy, having kids and wearing out her ankles in my backstory. I hope she has something to lean on, like she does a cart at the grocery store or my shoulders when coming down steps. All the way out there with nothing to lean on, the thought upsets me while I creep around her empty house. I've decided to sleep here. Bold move. Up to two ghosts could potentially reside. My papa's plus the guest room couch sits right where my great aunt died. I can't get the AC to work right. Today was 95. Sweating profusely, I think, I hope they're never hot here, in this old yellow house. The chandelier's light begins to flit. Maybe like the air, it needs repaired. But, if ghosts were really real, then wouldn't they most likely express in this realistic way? And travel through the pipes and wires before finally floating along your brain's accents, saying boo at your neurons and sparking your passions. Embarrassed, I consider how much of my life is fear and whether I should take it with me or leave it here. I shouldn't sleep with the TV on. I should engage my roots and somberly reflect. In the top corners of the dining room, I remember my papa saw demons on the ceiling. Wicked little cupids he chased around, once wise, having sick hallucinations swatting at them like flies. The chandelier flickers again. All at once, I decide to give in. And I almost see him standing there, 
looking as perfect as his pictures from the military, except his jacket and its stripes and bars are switched with a diaphanous white t-shirt, covering like a bride's veil a murky tumor the size of a paper plate. Before I can even hug, he shrinks to the size of a baby and grows wings, grins at me evilly, and shoots me with arrows. Slits sting, and I feel hot cuts. I jump back and cry, and my legs feel cold. Maybe I'll sleep with the TV on after all. Too scary to be alone, but not alone. A documentary about Hitler and his best general. What's that old saying? Two monsters on the TV is better than one in the home. Okay, so that's the flickering chandelier. As you can see, pretty pretty morose. Pretty Edgar Allan Poe-ish when I'm fucking left to my own devices with no with no rewards from my hypothalamus. Um, now, normally I'd end it there, but uh, I do, I'm going to take you into the living room and cover an Elvis song because I want to end it on a positive note, the flickering chandelier, even though uh, it's tearing up a little bit. It's coming from a real place. Um, I want to end on a positive note. I am related to Elvis. I got an attache case. I can prove it. I can prove it in or out of court, but you should have been able to tell just by interacting with me. Um, and so in a way, the the movie about Elvis was a movie about me. And, uh, you know, it just hit home and on the nostalgic imagery. And I want to end on covering an Elvis song. So this is like, an, I'm like, come with me to my living room. Like I'm the guy from Blue's Clues, except I'm all fucked up and insane and think I live in a simulation. Come with me into my living room. I'm going to cover this Elvis song and uh, we'll end the podcast. So um, here we go. I'm going to pause it while I go in the living room and I'm going to cover this song, uh, If I Can Dream by Elvis. Um, all right, here we go. Double down. <coughs> there must be lights burning brighter somewhere. Got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue. If I can dream of a better land. Where all my brothers walk hand in hand Tell me why, oh why, oh why Can my dream come true? Oh why There must be peace and understanding Sometime Strong winds of promise that will blow away the doubt and fear if I can't dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining on everyone tell me why oh why oh why won't that sun appear come on baby We're lost in a cloud With too much rain We're trapped in a world That's trouble with pain, yeah But as long as a man Has the strength to dream He can redeem his soul And fly 
<laughs> Deep in my heart There's a trembling question still And I'm sure that the answer Answer's gonna come Somehow, somewhere in the dark There's a beckoning candle, yeah While I can't think, while I can't talk while I can't stand, while I can't walk, while I can't dream, please let my dream come true. Oh, right now, let it come true right now. This falls landing, abortion, Elvis, thank you for listening.